we all have an inner knowing that says if we're in the place that we're meant to be in. And if you don't feel like you're in that place, then it's time to do something different. In today's episode, we are joined by Damali Shepard, an award-winning photographer from New York City. She takes us behind the scenes into her own personal journey of redefining beauty, power, and success, as well as how she helps her clients do that now from the outside in. Welcome to Energetic Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, the podcast that guides spiritually curious professionals like you into soul-inspired success without sacrificing who you are to get there. Creative pursuits with impact, expansion through alignment, personal growth for professional gains. With your host, Beth Perry. If you feel called to explore your own energetic intelligence blueprint, I invite you to join our five-day workshop, Operation Breakthrough, starting soon. Click the link in show notes for free access. Today, we have Damali Shepard, an award-winning photographer coming to us from New York City. And not only is she an incredible professional helping other people feel in their power and look incredible in their pictures, but who she has become behind the camera is a journey I've been really honored to be part of as her coach. And Damali, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to share you with our listeners today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to see what we get into. It should be fun. <laughs> I remember our first conversation, the way that you showed up on this Zoom call, you were still working at your corporate job and you were literally hiding to take the phone call with me and whispering your dreams, who you are now. There is no more hiding. There is no more whispering. I'm curious if you would share, now that you're an award-winning photographer and have exceeded, you know, what you thought was possible in just a few years. How has your definition of success changed? That is such a good question. Oh my goodness. I, I love that question because it has changed a lot from that call that I was crouching in one of the conference rooms at my job, trying not to get caught to now. And so I think back then success felt like this intangible thing that was about everything in the world falling into place and feeling perfect and just being right. So that meant the money and the apartment and, and all of those little things. I think through this journey, working with you and working on myself over the last few years, I have come to realize that success is different. Like I feel like that version of success was more everyone else's version of success than what it is for myself. And what I've been able to learn is that I get to define what success is. So what success is for me now is that right now I'm a full-time photographer. So I answer to no one but me and of course my clients, but to me, right? I get to set those rules. And that is the biggest form of success that I've ever felt in my life because I've never been in this position ever. So that's a huge part of the success. So be, me being able to make my own rules is success to me. I'm still inching my way through levels of that, but... I've already got it, which is really cool to say. So thanks for asking that question. I feel really good now. <laughs> well, I think you're incredible. And watching you redefine what success meant to you. I love how you talked about that redefining success is a process. And yeah. you've really given yourself permission to say, I'm allowed to want what I want. I'm allowed to want what I want. I'm allowed to 
change my mind about what I want. I'm allowed to expand what I want. And I see you having these conversations with yourself. And we've obviously had a lot of them together. It takes courage. But since you've been living it, so committed to going deeper with it and gone through the phases of being scared by it, being excited about it, to stepping into, wow, there's a lot more power that I have here, especially for people listening, to hear you say that you get to make the rules. That to me sounds like freedom in a big way. What would you say to someone that maybe is feeling trapped by their business or their job and they don't feel like they can make the rules? What would you say to them now that you're so many leaps and bounds ahead of of that place that you used to be yourself? Yeah, I think I'll say for me that it came back to the fact that I've always had this inner voice, this inner nudge inside that says there's more. And it's that voice was dampened and silenced in some points when things got really hard and things didn't work out the way I thought things that, you know, were going to be. I went to school for film. I had really amazing internships here in New York, but nobody was hiring. All of those kind of things took me out of the path that I thought was going to be. So while I had setbacks that were like, there's more for me, but also nothing is working. Let's just go get a job. That tiny, tiny, tiny little voice was always there saying to Molly, there is something more for you. So as time went on, it kind of got louder and louder. And the more I became unhappy with what was going on, the more it would perk up. And so I just say, listen to that thing that says there's more because it's worth it. It is so worth it. I, I just think it's really, really, we all have an inner knowing that says if we're in the place that we're meant to be in. And if you don't feel like you're in that place, then it's time to do something different. And that's what I did. Hearing you say that, one of the lessons that I think people could take away right now is that that was a way that you redefined the rules for yourself, even when you felt like you had to follow a boss's rules or you had, you know, you mentioned that you had been shoving down that inner voice, that inner knowing. And so the first rule that you changed was I'm allowed to listen to that voice. Yes. And that's huge because that is a baby step that leads to eventually getting you to the place where you write all the rules now. Right. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk specifically around photography, since this is your area of expertise. You have a, a unique perspective because you're behind the camera and also you help people transition and navigate through the process of getting in front of the camera. And I know for you, it's more than just about getting a pretty picture. It's about creating an experience and a level of transformation. Let's talk about what that looks like. What is that transformation and how did you figure out how to gift that to other people? That's such a great question. I think the biggest and most notable transformation that every client experiences with me is going from this starting point of, I have this idea in my head of what I think I want, how I want to look and what that is. And I'm terrified of what it might take to get there, the how, because that's where we all kind of freeze up, right? Like, how do we bring that thing to life? And, and, And then all the other little things that go underneath that. And so what I do is I take my clients from saying, I just know that I want to express myself. I know that I want to feel and look beautiful. And then I take them through my process, which is 
getting clarity on what that end result looks like and then taking them through all of the minor details on how we pull it all together to create that photo because it takes some thought and some planning all the way through to a place where they feel comfortable. By the time we get in front of the camera, it's just a great day of fun with a friend because that's what we are by that point. And then through to the end result where they actually are looking at those photos and they're seeing everything that we did to pull it all together. So it's taking it from, I have this idea, I think that I want to, embarking on the journey towards that idea, revisiting it, revising things, because sometimes what we think we want isn't what we want. And we figure that out the entire way. And through that, we actually get to this end result. That is exactly what you were thinking of. That when you look at that photo, you're like, yep, that's me. That's what I hear. That's what I look for in this experience with my um, clients. And so it's, it's really transformational because a lot of the folks that I work with don't think that they can get there. It, it really feels like a far-fetched dream, but that they want, which is why they reached out to me. So how did I get to this process? It was, it, I took things from other photographers and other strategies around me. And I also synthesized myself into my process. I am also the type that when I started was like, I kind of love magazine covers. I love makeover shows, right? Like it's these things that you just, you just love seeing a really, really amazing transformation. And when I thought about myself, I was like, I have no idea how to do any of this. I don't know how to do my makeup. I don't know how to style myself. I don't know how to pose. And so my journey was starting to figure that out for myself and seeing the work that goes into it for the magazine covers or what we see on TV understanding that and then being able to synthesize that and make it really, really simple for my clients. So I started with myself. I started to fix the way that I thought about myself and then try to improve how I felt in my own body and how the clothes that I wore made me feel. I practiced posing for hours. I still do in the mirror. I get in the mirror and I pose myself and I think, how does this look? How does this make me feel? Right. And so I have a better understanding of what I like to see for myself. So I get to take all that experience to the clients and um, really make it an easy process for them. I, I, I take care of all the hard work so that they get kind of just get to show up and have fun and have it not be so serious or be in their heads about it. I want to go back to something you said about when people reach out to you that they have a dream and they, they're not even sure if it's possible. I really resonate with that because I know that's the kind of work I do with people in a very different way, obviously. But when we're willing to acknowledge our dream, to speak them out loud. We don't have to believe hundred percent that it's possible, but we have to believe that it's at least a little bit more possible than not possible, right? right. Like 51% gets us to pick up the phone or send a DM. The way that someone is supported when they share a dream, I think it's really important for entrepreneurs to remember that our dreams are fragile in the beginning and they're special and to be really cautious about who we share them with, because even the people that love us the most don't always take good care of our dreams. They might out of with the best intentions, they don't want to see us get disappointed or fail or suffer in any way. And so the reaction out of intentions of protecting us, sometimes they can steal our dreams or crush our dreams. So the fact that you honor your client's process, but then help them water their dream, nurture their dream, support their dream, and even shift their dream is really a, a beautiful testament to what you've allowed yourself to do. I just really want our listeners to anchor in to 
this is what it means to be a service provider. You talk about mastering your craft, but also mastering how you offer your service. And it gets to be bigger than just a picture because you've allowed yourself to become capable of delivering more than just a picture. And so talking about this process of getting in front of the camera, when you have a dream and you have a vision and you start taking action towards it, how has it been for you to get in front of the camera? Weren't you on a trip somewhere when you made a decision? Tell us the, tell the story of, of just how much you understand this process. Absolutely. So I was in a very beautiful place called Bali a few years ago on a vacation trip. That was when I decided that I wanted to try photography. And I was like, I'm going to start with myself. I'm going to get this tripod and let's figure it out. And it was during those sessions by myself that I realized how hard it was for me to be on camera. I had never thought about it that way in my entire life. I'd never thought of it like, I don't like being on camera. I thought I was okay. But when you're forced to stand up in front of a camera, even by yourself, and you don't really know what's going on, there is so much fear and anxiety and shame off some even that can come in and make you question what is happening. And so that's when I realized for myself that I'm not as comfortable with myself as I thought I was, and I wanted to work on it. And so photography was perfect. I, I really think it was destiny for me in that moment because it was an opportunity for me to work on all of my things from the inside out, from my self-worth to how I feel, how I dress, how I look, all of those things, because they all go hand in hand with each other. They are both really valid options. I know we like to just love the inside, but the outside also affects how we feel too. So through photography, I got to learn more about the actual work that goes into a great photo. And I worked on it with myself. I practiced a lot. And then I worked on my self-worth with you. And now we have a very different Damali who's so much more comfortable with herself. And I am so much more comfortable with myself on camera. And it's because of the self-work that I, self-worth work that I did on myself, as well as the external work of like, oh, I like to be seen in X. And I really like this pose. And I really like X, Y, Z. So when a camera is pointed at me, I feel so much more prepared and it's second nature. I just tend to like the way that I look more. And that really is what it boils down to for me. Especially today is selfie culture. You can't, people are attached to their cell phones. You never know who else is taking a thing and you're in the background or not. It's one of those things that all of a sudden cameras pointed at us is not just a special occasion thing. Right. It, it is really a, a daily part of our life now. And body image, something you talked about was how you felt when the camera was facing you, but then also after you see the pictures, liking what you see and not liking what you see is a very different experience. Will you expand a little bit more on that inside out work? Absolutely. I think that there's this section of becoming comfortable with yourself that makes it easier for you to see yourself in photos. And so I feel like like everything else, seeing yourselves in photos is a practice. If you are not used to it, it might be jarring. And that's for everyone across the board. I've heard stories from boudoir photographers who are like, sometimes their clients take months to even look at their photos for the first time because it's just so new and different for them. And so a selfie is different from someone else taking your photo for many different reasons, the technical stuff that I won't get into. But what I learned with working through my own self 
work was that it is possible to reach a neutral level with yourself where you're able to get used to yourself in photos and become a little bit less judgy about the end result. When I started, when I was in Bali and I looked at those photos, I thought, Ugh, like, oh, my face here and my stomach there and my this there and ah, oh, this looks gross. Oh my God. Like all of the disgusting mind trash that can happen when we are not in a good place with ourselves and we happen to catch ourselves in the photo when we're just not ready for it. I noticed that through the work of me working on my self-worth and as well as like on the other side of stuff that I became a lot more used to seeing myself so much so that when I would look at a photo, even if I didn't like everything about it, a lot of that mind trash would be gone. So instead of saying, oh, that's disgusting, your stomach's poking out there, it'd be like, oh, that's not a great angle for me. Okay, let's try it again. Those two kind of mindsets are so different. And it feels like a really small task, but for me, it was really, really huge. It really reflected all this self-worth and value that I have for myself now, because it's like, oh, I don't need to tear myself down because I don't like something specific. We can either move it along or change it, which is my new energy around seeing myself in photos. So yeah, I think that it's a really great place. Like camera neutral, I think should be a term. We all would, should get to a place- Hashtag camera neutral. Yeah, camera neutral, where it's okay. If you don't like everything about it, it's okay. You know what I mean? I think there's a really valuable lesson for entrepreneurship if you just take out photography and put business or take out the word pictures and everything you just said and say business, like, wow, I used to beat myself up if I didn't look perfect in a picture, or I used to beat myself up in business. If I didn't have, you know, perfect, everything. hit it out of the park results. The first time I tried something to be able to be business neutral and say, you know, you, you know, that I say these questions all the time, what worked? What didn't, what do we want to change? Is there room for improvement? Is there anything we want to stop doing? It, it really is a lot more powerful when we can know that we're passionate about the big picture, but be a little more objective about the smaller pieces. Like it's just one picture. If you don't love the picture, you could take another one, right? It's just one part of business. If you don't love it, we can shift it. Love that. That's so good. Just me reflecting your genius back to you. You know how us projectors do. <laughs> Projector magic. <laughs> now, speaking of the fact that we're both projectors, I know that human design was one of the parts of a lot of our conversations, helping you understand and how to honor what you need and, and how you can thrive, what your highest potential is. That is obviously, I know, one of your favorite parts of our work together. But in more general terms, when it comes to energy versus strategy, there's so many different thoughts out there. And I would love to know in your life and in your business, what's the approach that you're currently using? What's working for you about that? So for me, I'm working on balance. I am much more on the energy side of things than the strategy side of things. And I think that's just because when I started energy, as you know, right, you were the one working with me, energy was what I needed to shift the most and just trying my best to manage my energy around what I do so that I can show up at all and be able to sell and market myself with love and joy and grace for what I do. That energy part has been so important to that. Now, as things level out and you go from that base zero to like, okay, we're moving along on the train. I'm realizing that I do need more strategy in order to continue to scale. And so I'm still in transition on this. I'm still working through it and 
figuring it out and trying to find a good balance for myself. I guess I kind of believe balance is a myth. I don't think it's something we ever fully achieve, but it's a great concept to help us know how close to the middle are we wobbling. And foundationally, Mm -hmm. what you just shared is that energy had to get in alignment first. You had to really navigate and master your energetic needs, how you operate at your best. And now the strategy piece, it's okay, let me choose from these strategies I know will work for my energy and then implement them. And again, adjusting because there's also every plateau or every next level that we hit, it, it calls forward a new version of us where a strategy that works to get someone from zero to six figures is not the same strategy that's going to get them from six figures to seven and from seven figures to nine, right? Like there is different strategies. I am curious what your perspective is around the energy piece, maybe being the same, just strengthened. I I don't know if I've ever said it quite that way before, but it's, I'm liking that concept. What do you think? No, I love it. I was just like, oh, okay. I'm going to have to think like, I don't even have an answer for you. I think that especially for me, that could absolutely be it. Yeah. I'm going to play with that. There might be a whole riff on this later, like another episode in the podcast, but that just percolated between us real time. I'm going to let that sit too. We'll have to have a (laughs) follow-up. Yes. (laughs) So let's also talk about the downside. You've shared little nuggets of this was uncomfortable. Here's how I went to it. But let's talk about the real truth behind the camera, so to speak, of the mind's trash, the excuses, the, the obstacles and challenges that you witness your clients overcome. I love that you have a process where you listen to their dream, you hold their dream, You support them. I know you and your team take care of a lot of the details. You involve them as little or as much as they want to be in the process. But I know that you've structured your business and and your process for a reason. And I think it's because you know more about those challenges than you necessarily talk about, or at least most people don't talk about publicly. I don't want to say as often as we should. I don't like to should on things, but. In general, I'm open to hearing more about that. I think it would really serve the listeners who want to grow and want to expand and want to be more visible and getting in front of a camera, whether it's a live stream or a selfie or hiring um, you to help them navigate this and really up-level whatever level of more visibility and being seen and liking what they see and trusting themselves to show up in a way that they like themselves. Can you think of two or three of the most common things that hold people back from picking up the phone or making the decision? What are the things for people listening that you would really want to speak into their heart to help them move forward? That is such a good question and a big one. The thing that screams out immediately is that we're all really terrified of our self-image. And if it's something that you don't 100% feel comfortable with stepping in front of a camera with those insecurities is like jumping off of a cliff. Like it is really, 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 really hard for, for a lot of us, especially women. And there's a really great book called The Body is Not an Apology. 
by, and I don't want to miss her name. Oh, I love her. Renee. I'm not going to mess up her name, but The Body is Not an Apology, where it dives into the stories that build that self that we become so afraid of. And it's all these things that stem from stories in our childhood, et cetera. And for me, that book was really affirming because it reminded me that this is not a Damali problem. I am not the only one in the world that has or that struggles with body issue images that might sometimes look in the mirror and wonder about what I'm looking at. Like that is not a unique to me issue, though we all have different levels that vary and will move around because all of us are very, very different. Most of us have some type of body. So understanding that it wasn't just me because before then I felt really isolated around it. And that makes it really hard to it makes you feel like you're just super alone and that you're the only one dealing with it. And that is just not true. Understanding that you are not alone is such an important part of it. So that fear of being seen might need to be talked about with your coach or your therapist. And, or if you feel comfortable enough, doing it with a trusted photographer who understands these issues can be absolutely life-changing and transformative for it. Having someone to hand hold you through these baby steps throughout the entire process can absolutely shift the way that you see yourself. And for me, when my clients leave, there's often tears, <laughs> there's often big realizations, there's often epiphany moments where they are more in self-trust with themselves, more in self-love with themselves. They can look at those images. I had a, a client recently who cried during her reveal and it was because for the first time in her life, she saw what everyone around her had been telling her that they saw in her. So she hadn't been able to truly see it herself until she looked at the photos that we created together. And I, I attribute that to my clients because I get input from them every step of the way and really tailor make it to them so that when they're looking at the end result, sure, I have a vision, I have my skills, et cetera. But my number one goal is to see is I want them to see themselves. So I feel like I went a lot of places with that, but you are not alone. You're not the one facing, facing those issues and there's help. There's always an up to go from these spaces that we feel in. It's just finding the right help for you. And that might be a variety of different things. Some folks are not ready for the photo shoot yet. And I, I completely respect that. You would never want to put someone in a compromising position that might only make them feel worse because they're not ready. Yes. There was a lot in there and it's all so valuable. I, I love, I appreciate you just sharing from your heart and it's, I know it's going to serve the people that are listening because it came so straight from your heart. It's really important to also honor is the piece where you said, if they're not ready, it's okay. And to seek out help that will help them get ready for an experience like that, because, and that's basically trauma. Like yes. we don't want you to take it. I believe that, yes, it's important to learn how to walk with our fear, but it's also important to not always just push through and power through because Agreed. then if there's a trauma underlying there, then you can actually re-traumatize yourself and make it worse. So it's so important. I would add on to the incredible list that Damali just shared with us to give yourself permission to be trauma aware about yourself. Don't just brush those triggers off if you're feeling triggered, if that fear is popping up, look for how, what do I need to do to work through this fear? And if it is being seen and you, you're like, okay, I'm scared 
to be seen, but I'm ready to be seen. That's very different than my body is shutting down. I am having anxiety attacks. There's just a different level and reaching out and being able to have someone like, I know if you reach out to Damali, you can have an honest conversation with her. She's not going to high pressure you into a photo shoot that you're not ready for. Cause just as much as I know you have big, big goals, Damali with your business, I know that you're also committed to doing it ethically and doing it in a way that you're proud of who you're being when you're doing business, I know is really important to you. And it's why I trust you so much and why I'm so excited to get your perspective on these topics. I know we have to wrap up for our time together today, but I'd love to do some rapid fire questions with you just to help get a little more into behind the scenes of who is, what is this <laughs> magic of Damali? Since you started your business, tell me about a time that you wanted to quit and why didn't you? Oh boy. Wow. Okay. I, I've wanted to quit lots of times. I'm going to be straight up because it's, it's hard. This is not easy. Like saying I'm going to depend on myself is not easy. So I think the biggest period of almost quitting was, was last year in 2020. For me, COVID was especially hard because... I had, I've been a photographer for a few years now, but at that point I had only been full-time in my business for like six-ish months. And so I was literally just starting to build momentum. I had shoots on the calendar and people calling me for work and then COVID happened and nothing happened for six months. And so I, I felt all of the COVID fields from like the morning of what I thought was 2020 was supposed to be for me to just the disappointment and anger and that feeling of not being in control that I think a lot of us were confronted with in COVID. And I was just like, maybe I'm not supposed to be a photographer. We actually had this conversation where I was just like, I don't know, maybe this isn't for me. Cause I was just, I just could not wrap my head around the fact that like, I could not pick up my camera and go and see someone. And it was really, really difficult. And I did not quit. I gave myself- We space. were, I remember that conversation very well. But then also one of those things about quitting, sometimes quitting looks like pivoting. Yes. That in 2020, pivoting became so like, oh, everybody's pivoting. And it's an important thing to know when to shift or when to change direction and especially honor that if it's from inside. But it's learning how to call ourselves out or have a coach who will call you out. When it's really just showing up as an excuse or a distraction because of fear. I think the way that you had the courage to move through those things was so impressive. Having witnessed it firsthand, really impressed. And I'm so glad you didn't quit. And, but, and, and honestly, I'll let y'all know, like Bethany's being modest. She literally had a conversation with, she was like, I get it. I took a break and I stopped thinking about all of it. And then she's like, okay, I think it's time for you to get back to it now. And I was like, yeah, I think she's like, I was like, I hate, I hate her for saying this, but she's right. And it was. And, and then I came back and I still had an amazing 2020, even being closed for, for six months out of the year. I still end the year with really great work that I'm really proud of. So yeah, I'm really grateful that I pushed through it and that I had already had support around me that got me through those really hard points too. I'm so glad you didn't quit too. Okay. Next question. Are you more likely to spend your money on things or experiences? This one's hard for me. I'm kind of leveling out at the moment. I, it would have been experiences, but I'm really enjoying this 
materialistic side of myself that I never really allowed myself to have in the past and buying things that I want but just because I want it which is like really fun and new for me so can I say both <laughs> you can I love that both and you know it's my jam oh, yeah. I, I don't think it has to be either or in anything good yeah. reminder yeah. way to call me out what you're describing, it almost sounds like what you're enjoying about certain things is the experience you have buying them and holding them and having them. So it actually is a both and. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. Give us a glimpse into your morning routine or at least how your day starts, even if it's not in the morning. That's a really great question. I am, I'd say spontaneous. So it's, it's different. I don't have like a set routine, but on the mornings where everything aligns, I wake up, I stay awake in bed for a few minutes, kind of just sitting there and letting my mind wander and do what it does. And then I'll get up, head over to my desk or my couch and either journal or play some meditation music. Uh, or do a meditation. So that's kind of my best ways of starting. I also like sometimes I add in other things like reading or I have a belief list. And so I sometimes if I'm really good about it, I'll remember to check my evidence list or my belief list. And yeah, so those are the most magical days. I'm still working on being more consistent in that. But yeah, that's when all the stars align for me. I love it. Okay. So moving on from morning routines to cooking mechanisms. What is your go-to keep your cool approach when you're in intense situations? Go-to approach for keeping my cool. It always goes back to getting quiet with myself. That's usually my go-to for being overwhelmed or something happening, or maybe I'm angry and I want to figure out why something is bothering me because I can't quite put my finger on it. Quiet time always helps center me out and allows my brain to figure out what it really, really wants and needs in that moment. And sometimes it'll give me the answer and say, oh, you're actually upset about this (laughs) or whatever else the case is. But yeah, that quiet time going inward for me is always where I win. So that is usually where I try to go to. I think quiet time would help a lot more people if they would be willing to take it. So thank you for the reminder. What is something you get embarrassed about? I Sometimes I talk fast because I get very excited and mumble my words a bit. I'm trying to think of something more interesting though. On the most surface level, I get embarrassed sometimes when I post things online and people misunderstand it. And that's an uncomfortability that I'm learning to sit with because that's what's going to happen when you choose to show up and be visible no matter what. But yeah, it can really feel like this scorching feeling for me where I'm just like, I don't think they got that. And it's out there and people can see it. Yeah, that's that's kind of embarrassing. I can't think of anyone online who doesn't have that at least occasional, ah, should I just go delete it? Can I take it back? Yeah, that's me all the time. So yeah, being vis- like being super visible is still something that I'm working on. And it, I definitely can feel embarrassed with like my overtly opinionated brass self sometimes. And yet being fully yourself means that when people see that side of you and still hire you, you don't have to hold it back. It's interesting. I actually did I had a really intense situation myself recently where everything, all the best laid plans totally did not go as planned. And my breakthrough clients 
saw behind the scenes. I was in the middle of it. It was chaos. And I was like, guys, this is what's going on. Here's how I'm navigating myself. Here's how I'm taking care of myself. Here's where my head is at right now. I don't even know if I was using complete senses, but I was like, here's real behind the scenes of how you master this. I was in the middle of processing and it's exactly what I teach, how to get your breakthroughs, how to break through again and again, and how to master this, this process of trusting yourself. It took everything in my power not to delete that first video and the second video. And I was like, I can't even watch the replay. And then after we worked through the whole thing, I was like, wow, here's one life-changing breakthroughs that I just had in the last three days. That is a massive amount of upgrading and up-leveling to happen in such a short period of time. But because I was willing to sit with it and be with it and work through it, got to this beautiful place eventually. But I'm telling you, even with my clients who were like, this is amazing. This is so, it was me being vulnerable and visible, even though it wasn't out on like the whole world to see, I still wanted to delete it. So that self-censorship is real. It can absolutely be real. Interestingly enough, I did end up going back and watching the replay 10 minutes of something. And I was like, That wasn't even, I was making this story up in my head that it was so bad and so embarrassing and it wasn't even that bad. So I totally feel you on the stories we make up in our head. (laughs) Okay. So last question to honor the beautiful time that we have shared together. If people want more Damali in their life, of course, we're going to have all the links um, in the show notes, but Where's the best place online? Where's the one platform that you hang out on most? Currently, it's Facebook. So yeah, send me a friend request on Facebook. That's where I'm able to show up most authentically and share the things that are super important to me, which are many things. So yeah, I definitely say Facebook is that place. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad to witness your journey, your continued growth and excellence and brilliance in the world. I know it's going to make such a big difference. I can't stop laughing with you. We have too much fun, Damali. <laughs> we, we can talk for a while. Thank you for being on the show. We will be in touch soon. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. And remember, it's great to have someone tell you what worked for them, but it's better to have someone show you what will work for you. Until next time, I believe in you. <laughs>